It was quite revealing to see Gary Gensler being pressed, questioned, accused. And I wouldn't even use the word accused. I think being called out would probably be more appropriate. Because in fact, that's what he was. He was called out. He was called out on his, on his uh, inadequacies, on his inability to even label uh, cryptocurrencies for what they are. He was unable to label Ethereum as a security or as a commodity. Um, he was even reluctant to labeling Bitcoin as a commodity, even though he admitted that his predecessor did. His inability and unwillingness to even utter words to provide clarity because the intention has been never at any point in history in the last 15 years of crypto has it been more evident than right now that there's there is th this crypto war is about confusion right it's about it's shadow games right it's about playing games and putting investors and putting crypto in general in a position so that it cannot have a stronghold on the market so that it cannot have a place within the institutional world, especially against uh, the banking sector. And now it's very clear that this is a war between banks and crypto. At least that's the way I have so far read everything that's happening and sort of like the testimonies and the, and the questioning that uh, happened last week with Gary Gensler. I think it was very obvious that there's no desire whatsoever by him by Gary to provide any sort of transparency and clarity in the crypto space. Uh, and, and I think that will be the end of Gary Gensler as the, as the commissioner of the SEC or leader or whatever you want to call him. Uh, I, think, I think he was put into this position. Remember, this is not an elected position. Uh, this is someone appointed by the president. So, uh, and of course, having gone through approval. Uh, but, but nevertheless, I, I, I think after last week's interrogation, if you will, uh, of Gary Gensler, that the, that the writing is on the wall. I think his days are numbered. I think people are finally, have finally calling his bluff and saying, we, we think now y you are, your intentions are very, are extremely sinister. And there's never been a, a clear sign than what we've witnessed recently. Uh, you know, you, you meet with FTX a few times, two that's been documented, right? But we really don't know. And, and all of these things happening, and yet you're almost in a you almost wonder as if the failure of FTX and the failure of sort of these these big exchanges is part of the plan, right? It's it's a great way to diminish the credibility of crypto, and so it, it's just fascinating to be witnessing this at a time where where crypto has is sort of on the on the edge, right, of survival, but not necessarily survival as an entity, but survival within the walls and the boundaries of the United States. And I think that's really kind of where we are now is, can crypto be killed in the United States? And the answer is no, right? It's ludicrous. I mean, even Gary Gensler and the SEC and the bankers, at the end of the day, when you have powers that are so decentralized like Bitcoin um, and the demand for crypto from abroad so powerful and influential, that the United States' unwillingness to adopt it right now is not going to... I think it delays the inevitable, which is the adoption of crypto, but it only, it only sort of like creates the pain 
for those within the United States, right? The investors within the United States, those that want to see crypto being adopted. Um, and we're talking institutions too, right? I mean, you, you've got companies like MicroStrategy that, okay, granted that, you know, Michael Saylor is a Bitcoin maxi. He, he, he firmly stands behind Bitcoin and, and perhaps Bitcoin is a commodity regardless of what Gensler is or is not willing to say. But there are other institutional investors that perhaps see Ethereum in a different light uh, than what Michael Saylor thinks. I mean, perhaps they see this as also a commodity that, hey, look, it's just technology, right? I don't care how you slice it. It's technology. And you're not going to stop the technology from, from this evolution that is, ine that is inevitable. And so it's just fascinating to see the dynamic of Gary Gensler um, doing whatever he can to you know send wells notices to companies like coinbase coinbase of all companies who have repeatedly shown the sec that they're willing to play by their rules that they're willing to completely be compliant in every way and and really you don't have to look that far uh, if you go back to 2021 and you look at the the case of the sec uh, versus uh, ripple uh, with regards to xrp and the handling of XRP and the tokenization, it's so clear that, that Coinbase immediately took action by delisting XRP because they wanted to save face with, with the SEC. And so that right there was the clear indication, to, at least in my mind, that, that, the, that Coinbase was, was going to stay compliant. They, were going to be, they wanted to be regulated. They wanted to stay within the framework of the United States. Uh, regulatory system. They wanted to be um, sort of looked at as the uh, the golden child of the SEC with regards to crypto. But with everything unfolding now, it's clear and it's evident that that's not at all. I, that was even that is not enough for the SEC, right? I think the SEC you, perhaps maybe used that to buy time um, so that they can go after a few other smaller projects. But ultimately, ultimately, if you can. You know, once FTX being an offshore, right, once that collapsed, being outside of sort of the, the regulatory body of the United States, the next thing was, how do we finally really like put the nail in the coffin for crypto with regards to the United States? And that is Coinbase. And if Coinbase can be sort of like shattered uh, or sort of like demoralized, could that be all that's necessary to really perhaps... Uh, pull crypto out of the United States or or slow it down to the point where, you know, it gives perhaps the feds, the banking system time to tokenize, uh, to create a CBDC and to do the things that they need to do in order to uh, in order to make perhaps crypto less appealing. But at the end of the day, I mean, there are probably a lot of things that we still don't know, right? I think every day more and more information unfolds. And so as that happens, I think we'll have a much clearer understanding about where things stand. But at the end of the day, also, the bottom line is this. Crypto is far larger than the United States. It's far larger than Coinbase. Um, and, you know, just look at Binance, how it operates internationally. Uh, look at the Asian market, Hong Kong, recognizing crypto as an asset class. Uh, Dubai uh, and other parts of the world now looking to create hubs that that incorporate and focus on crypto. 
Um, you're going to see more and more of that. I think you're going to see an evolution, not just of crypto. I think gold also uh, will have a comeback in terms of sort of adoption within the central banking systems, within perhaps putting uh, gold as a treasury, maybe a mixed bag. I've, I've tweeted about this recently, how I said, you know, I think uh, crypto and gold or Bitcoin and gold could be a fantastic bag of assets uh, to put as reserves uh, or even as treasury assets uh, as a hedge against the debasement of fiat. Uh, so I think there, I think, I don't think it's a, it's not a one trick pony. I, I, I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see a sort of multifaceted world where, where gold and crypto can sort of like coexist, uh, in sort of, you know, offsetting each other. Um, because you have to think about gold still, right? Gold as a, as a metal, as precious as it is, you know, being, sort of been a hedge against uh, debasement for, you know, 5,000 years, etc. No one's taking that away from it, but do recall that there's always more and more production of gold, right? We don't know when the next big discovery is going to happen. So I think even when you have gold, I think there is sort of a, perhaps a limitation of how well calculated or how exact uh, it is in terms of value, right? I think it's perhaps in the long run may, may fluctuate far more than Bitcoin, knowing that Bitcoin is such a hard uh, digital asset that is absolutely fixed in, in terms of supply. And so that could perhaps even be, make stabilize gold, right? And saying, look, somehow or another, these two work hand in hand to keep each other honest. And Bitcoin is the ultimate store of value in terms of ensuring, um, ensuring that uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the value of um, of the monetary system uh, remains intact. So I, I, I think there's so many things at play that we'll need to finalize. And, and I think we're just at the very, very beginning. I think we've got years and years of, uh, of evolution of crypto uh, and how sort of the world sees it, how, how commerce sees it, how trade, um, how governments interact with each other. Um, and sort of, you know, I, th I think also... Um, I do believe it's a, mash, a, a matter of national security. I think the the ability to hold an asset like Bitcoin, whether it's uh, you know governments or central banks, or I, I think will play a major role in in terms of um, you know sort of how how stable governments are in terms of their their economic um, health pulse, if you will.